Welcome to the Everyday Innovator podcast for product managers, leaders, and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping you become a product master. Listen and get ready for higher performance, for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, and this is where product leaders and managers become product masters, gaining practical knowledge, influence, and confidence so you'll create products customers love. There's so much to learn from a good product story, how an insight leads to an idea which becomes a product concept and grows into a business case, resulting in developing something new, a new product that is launched and grows through the product lifecycle. Personally, I also enjoy learning from industries that I'm unfamiliar with. So when I discovered a new beauty brand that is in the formation process, I was excited to talk with this founder, Ginger King. She is a chemist with previous senior management roles at several large cosmetic companies. Her first product under her own brand, Fan Love Beauty, well, it's a lip balm, something to make your lips feel better, especially for people who speak a lot. Now, there's a lot you can learn from this interview beyond elements of the product journey. This includes how to speak with passion about your product, something Ginger does well. Also, there are important things you can learn that we don't directly discuss if you experience her product as I did. I'll share those briefly with you in this introduction. The product has evolved through 10 prototypes and expect more to come in the future, which is pretty typical for new products, refining and evolving to create more value. I purchased a four pack of the lip balm on Amazon for about $30. By the way, guests never pay to be part of this podcast. I find guests who can help product managers move towards product mastery. So back to my purchase, Ginger talked during the interview so passionately about what she created, I had to try it for myself. She did a good job of convincing me that this was different and I needed to try it. When new products are first launched, they're often a little rough around the edges. And that is a good thing because only a launched product has any chance of creating value. Keeping a product in development and attempt to make it perfect never creates value. I was part of a startup that did that, unfortunately, and too many people make that mistake. We have to get our product out into the market so we can get valuable feedback on it. I'll take a launched product over a perfect product every single day. Now, at $30 for four lip balms, I'm expecting a premium product, right? At least that's on the, on the high end of any lip balm I've ever bought before. And along with that, a premium experience. The experience has room for refinement. The label on all four lip balms, well, was peeling off on the edges when I received it. The four-pack came with a thoughtful letter thanking me for my purchase, but it was printed on plain white paper in a standard font, and the paper had been awkwardly folded, distracting from what should have been a great experience. Also, the overall packaging design doesn't scream premium as it should. For the actual balm itself... I'm bought into the value of its 100% natural and vegan ingredients. And maybe I noticed the peppermint and mango more because Ginger talked about it in the interview about how useful those ingredients were. But regardless, my lips do feel great. Kind of more alert in some way. But there was a change I had to make to how I carry the lip balm because it quickly loses its firmness as a balm if it's in my pant pocket, which is where I normally carry lip balm. That may have been discovered already during field tests and just not addressed yet, But that is clearly the value of field testing when we develop a new product, discovering how real people use the product outside of the lab. So there is a lot to learn from this product journey story, and I hope you enjoy hearing from Ginger. I was really excited to find out just more about how you go about creating a product that I have no experience with, a lip balm for a new beauty brand. And also, remember, we take notes for you. You'll find those notes at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 287, a clear summary of all the key takeaways. 
And there's a bonus question there that I asked her that isn't actually in the recorded interview, but you'll find a summary of her answer. And that question is very interesting to me because I love Shark Tank. I asked her, what is it like to have Damon John, who's one of the sharks, as your mentor? Any key sites that he shared from you that you want to pass on to us? And she developed this product, as you heard in the interview, for Damon John originally. So very interesting that he's part of this mix too. Check all that out again at the everydayinnovator.com slash 287. Now let's talk with Ginger. Ginger, thank you so much for being part of the Everyday Innovator podcast. My pleasure. You have a company you've put together. It's a new beauty brand called Fan Love Beauty. I, I have to admit, I don't pay much attention to the beauty industry. I love product stories, though. That's what we're going to do. But uh, get us uh, kind of orientated towards this industry. How big is the beauty industry right now? The beauty industry is about $532 billion worldwide. That's a pretty big industry. So we're about half a trillion dollar industry across the world. And mm-hmm. you're moving into this. Um, what is that first product that you put together for Fan Love Beauty? The first product is a vegan lip balm. It's designed for speakers or people who talk a lot because they have the same common concern. They have dry lips. Mm -hmm. And I suspect even if I I, I do, I do a lot of talking, especially during these podcasts, so I, I need to get my hands on this, but I suspect it's enjoyable by anyone to just keep their lips feeling better and healthy. Correct. Okay. But there are a lot of differences that differentiate my lip balm compared to what's out there in the marketplace. Okay. And that's what I want to get into. What was, um, you know, if we back up to where this idea came from in the beginning, how, how did you decide that this was the product? What, what came together to give you insights that you should develop a lip balm? Okay. Uh, this is how it started. Uh, March 1st of last year, I was at Damon Zhang, the Shark Tank star business mogul, Damon Zhang. Mm-hmm. His uh, full book collection relaunch at uh, Century 21. So I'm actually his personal friend and his biggest fan. And I was with him. He, we were talking. And then he took out a lip balm and applied in front of me. I was like, Damon, if it's that close to you, it's in your pocket, on your lips. It has to be mine. Because I am a known cosmetic chemist. I'm, you know, I have a lot of credibility in the beauty industry. And if there's anything that's in personal care that's going to be on his lips, I mean, of course, it has to be mine. And because I look at what he was using, I was like, no. Uh, there are a lot of lip balms out there. But if you look at the ingredient list, there are uh, cheaper ones that are made from petrol atom, mm-hmm. which is petroleum byproduct. They right. belong to the gas station. They don't belong to your lips. Especially, lip balms could be ingested. I mean, no matter if you are a man, a woman, even kids use lip balms. Mm-hmm. So you may want to make sure you use the healthiest lip balm ever. And because Damon has some uh, cancer issue before, he, he's not cancer-free. So he always advocates health should be the number one goal for every entrepreneur because if you don't have your health you don't have any dreams a healthy person can have a thousand dreams a sick person can only have one that is to be healthy mm-hmm. so i set out this lip balm to be the healthiest ever life-saving lip balm so it does not contain petrol atom like uh most of other lip balms has 
or it does not control lanolin. Lanolin is another ingredient that's commonly used in lip balm. You get it from um, the wool, the sheep. So it's like animal byproduct. Some people can get allergic reaction from it. And by consuming too much, you actually can get sick. So my product, that's the two no-no immediately out is petrolatum and lanolin. Okay. And it so will clear have... differentiation just because of, of how the product is approached. Yes. Uh, l- let me ask you more about that interaction with Damon John. And okay. so sometimes we have, you know, there's that one moment where everything comes together and we go, oh, you know, obviously there's a problem here that needs solving. Um, you are a chemist, right, in, in the yes. beauty industry. So you, this is your space. Were there other things, were you already leading up to wanting to create a different lip balm? Were there other things that went into getting this idea? Or was it really that one moment where you said, gosh, we, we need a better solution. We can't be putting this stuff on our lips. He was really that he inspired me just like he's used he's my biggest idol. I need him to live forever. And and when I saw what he was using, I was like, no, I need to give do something better. And he is a heavy lip balm user because he gives talk like 360 days out of 365 days a year. Yep. And a lot of times he cannot keep drinking water on stage because he doesn't even have time to go to the uh, men's room. So he carries a lip balm with him. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason why I was like, if you're going to be using a lip balm, you have to use mine. And he does now. <laughs> okay. And at that point, when you said that, I assume you did not have one yet. No. Like, this no. was You saw a problem with a customer of one. So your market was one at that point. <laughs> like, I am going to solve this problem for Damon John so he can have a higher quality lip balm that is going to be healthier for him. And it's going to help him keep up with all the speaking. Correct. Okay. And for those that speak a lot, dry lips are really inconvenient. It's uncomfortable. So, all right. Okay, so that was that was your market of one to start with. You're going to solve this problem with for him. Correct. Okay, so you had this idea. Let's make a healthier, better lip balm. What comes next then? Um, you you have skills already as a chemist to work with this, but but what what did you do next with this idea? Okay, so then people are going to say, well, if I don't use petrolatum, I don't use lanolin, I use be- uh, bird's bees. It's 100% natural, right? I was like, sure, it's 100% natural. But if it's really natural, how do you get the bees wax from? You get bees wax from the beehives. That's where the bees live. So if you use any uh, bee product like beeswax or honey, your product cannot be classified as vegan because mm. it's not considered as cruelty-free. And then now, once again, Damon Zhang, he is an advocate for save the bees because we all know bees are diminishing. Mm-hmm. So it's our duty to protect them. So mm-hmm. my product doesn't have beeswax either. So you went down a different path. We'll get back in just a minute. Most medium to large companies have product managers, not surprising. And while they are making a difference, companies are just starting to recognize how much value product managers can really create. Consequently, they're taking action to help product managers reach higher performance. And who doesn't want higher performance? Some of these companies are choosing to work with me to get that higher performance using my RPM experience, the Rapid Product Mastery Experience. One is Motorola. The director of product management who chose the RPM experience shared, I had to get my team performing well for a high stakes, tight deadlines product project. I wanted a full perspective and not a narrow focus that others provide. 
RPM experience delivered, and now we have expanded it to all of our product managers. I recommend it to anyone. And I often hear that feedback, that they found that the RPM experience gave them a holistic perspective on product management. They understand not just what to do, but why they need to do those things, those processes. The RPM experience equips product managers and product teams for higher performance. And it was designed to be a virtual experience for geographically dispersed teams. Get the details and schedule time with me to discuss your needs at theeverydayinnovator.com slash RPM. Let's get back to the product journey. And I do recall having, I'm a huge fan of Shark Tank, as my family are too. And I, I think he talked once about he has uh, beehives on his property, right? Mm-hmm. And, and trying to promote healthy beekeeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would not want to be a, a Burt's Bees user, given that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we need something else. And so you're starting to think about how do we actually make this happen, mm-hmm. I guess, from a chemist perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. So the next thing is I do competitive studies. I gather mm. all the natural lip balms on the market and I study them. And guess what? 99% of the natural lip balm contains beeswax. Mm. Even the ones they don't have, you know what they are lacking? They don't have active ingredient that will actually does something. I mean, they have ingredients like shea butter, like coconut, that is everybody known of this moisturization property. But what's so special about my, about my lip balm is in addition to I don't have all those bad ones, I have superfoods. I have flaxseed oil, which is f- full of omegas, threes and six to help to help with the cracked lips. I have um, mango. Mango is actually good for uh, depression. And I'll talk about why I choose this ingredient later because I have a social cause attached to this. So I use mango. I use almonds because almonds contains natural mandelic acid to help exfoliation. Mm -hmm. Even if you keep putting on good stuff on your lips, I mean, it's just the natural phenomenon. The cell will turn over. So you need to exfoliate your lips, even if you use a lip balm. It's just like you have to exfoliate your skin, even Hmm. if you use a skin cream, because you never want to put the good stuff on the the skin layer. You are wasting your money. So the natural mandelic acid in the almond can help with the cell turnover. So it's a natural effect. So, and I also have... um, this amazing ingredient it's cost me a thousand dollars a kilo it's called sea asparagus this ingredient is clinically proven to boost hydration by up to six thousand percent only and, six thousand okay yeah the, <laughs> it's I, actually phenomenal <laughs> I, i'm finding my, myself getting caught up in how great the product sounds um, and I certainly wanted to stay on the product story with you as well, but we're, we'll want to know later how we can find out more about this for sure, um, okay. because I'm very in- intrigued about trying this, definitely. Um, so you, you're still solving the problem for your audience of one, your market of one, right? Um, and you're using your expertise as a chemist in the beauty industry. You did a competitive study to identify what's in use now, and, and that's a great place where many of us start, and we couple that hopefully with customer insights, what would be better for our customers. And you came up with differentiation, right? So you said, okay, this is what the competitors are doing. How can I stand out in this marketplace uh, and create a better quality product? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that's all where we are. Okay, so, um, so the idea then was really coming up with the right formulation 
for this product? Was there um, not being familiar at all with beauty beauty products? I don't know what goes into testing. Into you know, did you have did you go through a hundred different formulations and and you see what you thought worked best? How, how how do you come up with something and validate that it works? Okay, I actually this is my tenth formulation. Like after re- revisions and after revisions, okay. I do have a board of beauty experts uh, being testing on my panel because I need to make sure they like it too because they can help me to promote the product. Mm-hmm. So Damon himself actually tested three different formulations on three different trials. I keep getting feedback, and because I'm personally, I am a beauty product judge as well. So. I'm, I know like what consumers are looking for just based on the past experience. And because I have already done the competitive reviews, I know what are the shortness of the shortfalls of what's out there. A lot of the natural lip balms actually can be very sticky. It doesn't feel good on the lips. Mm -hmm. So mine has a very smooth application. You want to keep a applying it instead of sticking to the mouth, especially because I'm presenting this to speakers. You cannot have your lips stuck together, you know. To <laughs> so this is uh, a key differentiator is the texture of the product. It's very smooth. It goes on smooth and stays on smooth. I also have peppermint, natural peppermint. It's kind of refreshing you. So it refresh the lips, so give you a cooling sensation. You actually feel it when you apply on it. And most of other lip balms, I mean, they give you flavors like a fruit flavor, but it's more playing fla- a fruit flavor of the day type of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it might give you like a uplifting feel. Yeah. I, I feel uplifted thinking about it. So, <laughs> uh, and, and I have this habit, as listeners might have detected, of, of smacking my lips. And, you know, if they were maybe not as as gel past, pasty like that would help. Okay. Um, so you, you, you worked through essentially prototypes, right? 10 different formulations, getting feedback along the way. You had a board of advisors. We might, yes. might be a customer board, but you know, these beauty experts to give you feedback who okay. understand the market needs. And then your market of one, Damon was giving you feedback. He, he tried yes. three different formulations. Yes. And what, you know, I guess you collected what he liked and what your beauty mm-hmm. experts liked and disliked. And mm-hmm. you tweaked a little bit and, mm-hmm. and went from there. What, what, what's an example of feedback that caused a, a change in formulation? Like why did you go from formulation five to six and you know, on to okay. 10? Okay, the beauty, the beauty experts, they were the one pushing me for tinted. Originally, I only come up with one untinted. Untinted is universal. Men or women can use it, you know. Uh-huh. But all the female experts, they all say, I want it tinted. Hmm. So I'm actually wearing it right now. Ever since I developed my tinted lip balm, I, I throw away all my lipstick already because hmm. I don't need lipstick. <laughs> and that's it. So you wear this as a replacement to lipstick? I wear this as a replacement to my uh, lipstick. And I know this is good for me because everything in there, it's edible actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like the coconut, the mango, the almonds, you know, flexi. Everything is avocado. It's superfoods. It's good for you. Uh, I would probably be tempted to eat it if it, if it sounds so good to me. Okay. So um, so you're, you're revising as you go, creating mm-hmm. new formulations. One, des- one desire that came back from your market was we want a tinted solution as well. So you mm-hmm. prov- now you provide different uh, tintings to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, what 
along the way, you have this this uh, group of advisors. You have Damon. When are you starting to find out that you have something here that would reach a larger market, right? Because as, as product professionals, we're usually concerned about validating that we're solving a real problem, you know, in a way that's valuable. And there's going to be people that want this from us, right? Um, are you relying on that panel or are you doing other things to help you validate at this point? Uh, I did a pre-launch. Hmm. Uh, it's officially launching on February 20th of this year. And I did a pre-order and the pre-order people, I, I went back and asked them for their feedback. Every single people love it. Mm-hmm. And they all sent me videos and testimonials. So that's part of my marketing campaign as well. Okay. Very, very smart to get that in place. And then mm-hmm. you have that for your actual launch. You have market mm-hmm. feedback now. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did you construct that pre-launch? How, how did you find people to provide the product to? Were they buying the product? Did you, do you provide the product to them? Um, uh, as- both. Both. Uh, some people buy it. Some people, because I value their opinion, I know, you know, because they are still in the beauty field, I know they are good. Like mm-hmm. they would tell me as is, so I will provide them products as well. So mm-hmm. I did both. Okay. So you went, you sought out, we, we might call them influencers, right? Yes. Uh, specific people that you knew had credibility, mm-hmm. had experience to give you valuable feedback, mm-hmm. but also would help you if, if they enjoyed the product, uh, could help you with marketing efforts when you do the full launch. Right? Right. Their, their and- testimony is more powerful. Correct. And actually my product is already on Pop Sugar. Uh, editor's favorite and also on Alua magazine of the editor's favorite already. Okay. So it's getting attention now. So now we've done the actual launch and we're, Mm -hmm. we're in growth mode. We're trying to get this out to a, a wider audience. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you go about choosing that target market? Right? So you, you had your market of one of Damon. Did you have in mind like, okay, there's gotta be a lot, a lot of people like Damon that speak all the time. Was that your market or were you looking at, how, how did you describe the market you were going to serve? Well, because Damon is a speaker and I go to a lot of speaking events. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I speak too and I also attend a lot of like a 10X growth count. So with, where there are a lot of convention, a lot of people there. And, you know, spe- speaking is just like it's required because a spe- it's not only good for speakers, it's good for podcasters, for salespeople, for teachers, you know, anybody who uses their lips a lot. I mean, lips is our tool to negotiate, to express ourselves. So lip is very important. But then all the lip bumps out there is really just talking about moisturization. And there is no differentiation out there. And I want this to be uh, like a professional product, but everybody else can use it. It's just like a MAC Cosmetics. MAC Cosmetics was originally saying it's makeup, uh, makeup for makeup artists only. Mm. And all the general public like it because they aspire to be makeup artists. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is um, it's a lip balm for speakers or for aspire speakers. Okay. Then it kind of broaden up my client base. Right. So people that speak a lot, and, and this yes. would include uh, also probably some big influencers like actors, actresses mm-hmm. that w- would care about this product as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's interesting. That makes me think uh, some time ago on this podcast, I had on a gentleman, Sam, that makes uh, products for golfers to help them uh, do a better job golfing, right? Training aids. 
And what he does is he works directly with the professional golfers and he tries to meet their training needs and the problems they're running into and build products for them, knowing that the broader market of golfers, if they see one of their pros using this product, they're going to want to use it as well. Right. Yes. So, and now just because I know Damon John uses this, I want to use it as well because I love him in the in Shark Tank. So, um, it, it, that's good influence. Um, okay. So, doing the competitive analysis was key. You had the advantage of being able to lean on your just your vast experience as a chemist in the beauty industry. So you you knew where to go to start formulating this. Others would have to bring in someone like you, right, to to All help right. with this problem. Um, but you went through a series of formulations of prototypes, getting feedback, deciding how to make, make all this better. And you did a pre-launch to uh, test this and also to get some to a foundation of marketing information, right? Reviews and feedback that you can use now for uh, the uh, initial launch. And now you're growing, growing the marketplace. Um, I'm wondering, are, are we done now with the formulations or... Based on this speaker audience that you're hitting, are you now still getting feedback that's leading you to think about a, another version of the product or maybe a different product line to, to serve maybe a sub-segment of that market? Or where's this going next? Okay, um, because I started with a product and I need to build it as a brand. The reason why I call it Fan Love Beauty is because the mission for the company is I will create product for people who inspire, educate, or will entertain the society because those people have a lot of contribution to us. And there isn't really any beauty product dedicated just for them by their profession. Mm -hmm. So I will actually encourage people to work with me. Like if you have a specific celebrity crush, which every group has their own celebrity crush, mm -hmm. you tell me if you like a specific dancer and you know, if this person has contribution to the society, I will create beauty products for them. But in terms of Fenla Beauty, I come up with the speakers collection as my first set. I'm working on a hand cream right now because speakers also talk with their hands. Mm -hmm. And then following that, it's like I get, we can collaborate with the audience. Like whatever that you want me to make, you know, I, I can work with you to get the product out there. Uh, okay. I find this, uh, the way that you express the brand very interesting. So uh, you're going after speakers, educators who are trying to improve society in some sense. And it sounds like you're trying to, in a sense, replicate the experience with Damon, right? You saw Damon, you built a product for Damon. Mm -hmm. And now if there's others that have specific needs, like mm -hmm. indeed uh, someone who has, you know, speak, does speak mm -hmm. with their hands and the back of their hands are just terribly chaffed as happens at time to time. Um, you know, identify someone with that problem and solve a problem, that problem for them. And there'll be other things that you encounter. W where did this brand concept come from? Did, did this kind of come into your mind at the same time that you were wanting to serve Damon? Or did it yes, evolve earlier? This is, or? this is the reason why I call it fan love because fan love is very passionate. Fan love is very obsessive. You only give your idol the very best. And everybody have celebrity crush at one point or another. Mm -hmm. And only if you, you know this is going to give you to your idol, you will put out the very best. And this is why I want to replicate this. Okay. And also when I mentioned about the mango earlier, 
my social cause is I'm actually donating part of the proceeds to Suicide Prevention Foundation. Because a lot of people we love, like Robin Williams, Case Bay, they all went down the path of suicide because of depression. Hmm. So I want to have some element of uh, ingredients in my product that will actually help with uh, depression. I mean, there is a really scientific correlation. If you apply mango butter on your lips, you're going to feel better. But mango is a known ingredient when you take it internally, make you feel better. So every single ingredient I put in the product has a meaning behind it. I don't just like, you know, put together something that you don't even know why specific product is used. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we draw an, uh, maybe a contrast to Burt's Bees. So Burt's Bees came onto the scene and, you know, I, I forget it was a story in how many years of making, but all of a sudden it seemed like this overnight success, right? That um, Burt's Bees was everywhere and people were using this as a better alternative to the original, uh, you know, petroleum-based products that if they smell good, it's because they have a ton of of, of some perfume stuff that I imagine. Um I remember a cherry one that I used to use quite often when I was in school, and now I find just disgusting, right? Um, are you, do you see a similar path? Are you hoping to become the dominant choice and replace Burt's Bees and kind of educate the world that it's not as natural as what I'm offering, what, what we could offer? I'm not going specific, uh, like after certain brands, I'm going specific for certain professions and offer them collections of products okay so and i want to make sure every collection is like when you think about lip balm you think about fenla beauty lip balm when you think about eye cream you think about fenla beauty eye cream because you know when i designed for a product it's for a specific group of people that have the specific needs and if those people those group of people like it you know they are top of the line mm-hmm. okay so this is very market driven And you have specific customer segments in mind that you're serving. Mm -hmm. And people can, I I guess there must be a way to make you aware of their fan crush Mm -hmm. and to try to develop something for a particular influencer. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is all very interesting. Um, What, just the regulatory aspect of this, I I don't know what, where lip balm falls into things or cosmetics in general. Um, if I'm putting something on my lip lips, I'm sure there must be some FDA kind of influence. Um, can you tell us about that? Uh, FDA does not regulate cosmetics as much as one would think, but okay. if your product contains sunscreen, then it will fall under OTC. Then they will regulate you because then it will consider as a drug. So um, if you want to say anything that my lip balm doesn't have is I don't have a sunscreen. And I'll tell you why. Hmm. Because sunscreen, all the chemical sunscreens are having issues right now. Mm-hmm. They have some reporting to like coral reef, you know, like hurting the coral reefs. It's not good for the environment. And some have some disease associated because they use sun, chemical sunscreen. So the only safe ones are like titanium dioxide or zinc oxide. Both are very whitish. Mm-hmm. And I developed the product for Damon Jung, who is African-American. Hmm. So if he, I'm gonna use titanium dioxide or zinc oxide, it, it's gonna make his lips like whitish, which mm-hmm. is not desirable. And because I developed this for speakers, where do speakers speak? They speak indoors. 
Right. So I decided I don't need a sunscreen in my product, and I can keep my 100% natural, vegan theme. Okay. Yeah, and that's part of your positioning and part yes. of the brand itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the regulatory requirements aren't impacting what you're doing now. Nope. Okay. Um, are, are there only because I hear about this in other beauty products, you know, independent testing to verify something? I'm so far out of my league here. What we're talking about? Um, are there other other independence testing that is done that that you're involved in, have planned to do, or anything like anything like that? I don't know if there's value in that. Uh, for lip bumps, it's not as much, but when you want to do like an eye product, then you mm-hmm. need to do a lot of testing because it's, you know, around the eyes, it can cause allergic reaction. Lip balm is rather safe, so I don't plan to do any additional testing, mm-hmm. but I use the top of the class ingredients, that's right. for sure. Right. Very good. We have to talk later about how, how I get a trial sample here. Okay. <laughs> The uh, really interesting information about the development of a beauty product, and specifically your lip balm, and the interaction of that with a brand, developing a brand at the same time. Uh, Appreciate the information. As listeners know, I love innovation quotes. Uh, What is the quote you brought for us? And tell us why you chose that one. Uh, The quote is, if you never quit, you never fail. And it's basically perseverance. It's like, you know, like Edison, if he will have stopped, we never have the light bulb. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you want to create something, if you have you have the gut feeling, you know you're going to get somewhere, don't quit. Mm-hmm. Because once you quit, you never get there. So, you know, if you never quit, you never fail. Yep. Perseverance is very important. And we often have to just push through the difficult times. Mm-hmm. Um, just about any product project has some messy middle um, and maybe most of it is the messy middle, but uh, we have to just keep pushing through and not quit. So appreciate that. Uh, good insight. And uh, if we are pushing through, we're learning, right? And so mm-hmm. that's good. Okay. How can listeners find out more about this new brand you're creating, the work that you're doing? I uh, can go on my website. It's fanlovebeauty.com. F-A-N-L-O-V-E-B-E-A-U-T-Y.com. Fanlovebeauty.com. Just like yes. it sounds. Fanlovebeauty.com. Okay. Excellent. Ginger, thank you so much for your time and for sharing the your product journey with us. My pleasure. And Ginger, I have a bonus question for you. So okay. I, I want to... So Damon John, uh, many of us know him from Shark Tank. You said he's a friend. He's also someone that you admire very much. You were at the, this event, other events with him. Um, and you described him earlier to me as we were setting up for this as your mentor, right? Your, your mentor in, in this. Um, are there any key insights that he has shared with you that you can pass on and uh, help out listeners? I'm just curious what kind of advice you get from your mentor. Well, uh, I've been following him for 10 years okay. from on screen of Shark Tank to off screen. So basically, every time if I have a question, he will always answer me. He always replies to my email. So, and I know a lot of people want him to be their mentors. I know the first thing he's going to ask you, have you ever read my books? Have you ever taken my daemon on demand? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't do your homework, why are you asking him for a mentor? Because there are already resources out there. And I do all my homework. I mean, I watch every single YouTube of his out there. I, I, whatever news broadcast, I kind of like follow him to death. I stalk him. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's how we become friends, actually. 
Okay, so it has paid off because you just yes. fo- follow him closely. Uh-huh. What about an insight that you have picked up either in reading, following him, something he has shared with you? He said, okay. wow, that was really helpful. The reason why we are friends is because never once I asked him for investment. Never once I mm-hmm. asked him for, you know, I mean, it's tr- like a purely relationship because relationship means a lot more than transactional. He mm-hmm. is a big, big person on relationships. Okay. And I'd rather have him as a friend. I mean, he would be nice enough to be your friend, but don't kind of approach people like, you know, what can you do for me? Right. <laughs> That's generally true uh, uh, in life. And as product managers, we have to work with people across the organization. And many of us really enjoy that. We're, we're wired to enjoy that aspect of the work. Uh, but it, it's helpful to build that relationship before we actually need it, right? So get, mm-hmm. get to know the sales professionals, get to know the people in marketing, get to know people in development, engineering, and manufacturing. Uh, and then when we have the next product coming out and we need to work more closely with these people, we've already had the relationship in place. Mm-hmm. So that's very helpful. Okay. Um, and if I ask you, uh, what stands out from what Damon uh, has shared with you in the past? Is there something there that you go... Uh, yeah, that, that was a helpful insight. That was good feedback. That was, is, is there something from him that stands out in your mind that you've said was particularly helpful? Don't get investment too soon. Okay. Yeah, okay. I actually, yeah, I wish I would have known better because before this Fan Love Beauty, I have another skincare brand mm-hmm. and I got invested very soon and the partnership just like fell through. Mm. I, if I would have Exercise Power of Broke, which is actually Damon's book, it will be far better hmm. bootstrap every single step. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm generally a big fan of bootstrapping and uh, generating revenue, paying as you go. As soon as you collect money from a venture capitalist or other investment source, you now have a responsibility to them. Um, and at some point, it's pretty easy to l- lose any actual control. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so things happen. Okay. That's very good. Ginger, once again, thank you for being part of this interview for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This is where product leaders and managers become product masters, gaining practical knowledge, influence, and confidence so you'll create products that your customers love. You'll find a summary of all the discussion with Ginger, including that extra bonus question I asked her, what is it like to have Damon John as your mentor? And are there any key insights you would want to share with us that he shared with you? That's in the show notes at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 287. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit theeverydayinnovator.com.